<laughs> oh, oh, you're joking. Or I am, do you have the COVID? I do not have the COVID. Shut <laughs> up. I do not have the COVID. Knock on wood. <laughs> Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. You can always check out past episodes of The Watchlist with Patty and Bill by logging on to our website, thewatchlistpod.com. You can also engage with us on your social media at symbol The Watchlist Pod. And make sure you hit that subscribe button to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill wherever you listen to your podcasts. And on your Amazon Alexa-enabled device, make sure you ask Alexa, Play the watch list with Patty and Bill podcast. Yeah. Woohoo. Yay. Uh, yeah. Go us. <laughs> Go us. I don't know. I don't... Well, what what is today is what as we record this? Thursday? It's Thursday, yes. God damn, is it Thursday already? This already this week has been like dragging. Uh, oh my god, it's dragging. It is. But <laughs> We are heading into the weekend, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> no, no. I am supremely confident. Okay. I, uh, You know what? Just be patient. As everybody says, and this is oh, probably- Oh, I'm patient. I'm patient. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. None of the things that are happening are unexpected. Exactly. And as long as they count every single vote, then everybody will at least have a basis in fact. <laughs> There's no cutting off votes. There's no trying to say that there's subterfuge. If everybody, and, and I expect recounts as well. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. even if there is a winner this weekend, it, that ain't the winner winner. That'll be next week sometime or, or whatever. Yeah. But... I am confident it will end the way it is supposed to end. So you had an awesome idea. So I decided that we need, after this week, what is known as the Unicorn Chaser. Hmm. The Unicorn Chaser is a practice that was created by the editors of Boing Boing. Boing Boingboing.net. It's a website that blog website they do news and different fun things and they created it as an antidote to blog posts that had that would link to sites with really disgusting or shocking images mm. um, the first one contained a photo from one of their editors of a rash he had trying to find out what it is Ew. and so the other editor was like yo yo no um, hey here's a unicorn to clean out your brain Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, from this week, which, you know, while we were dealing with all that election shit, there was other stuff going on. Like um, the Arctic, which has this has never, ever happened ever. And this is a very bad thing. The Arctic, it's it's November and the Arctic is not frozen. This has never happened ever. And this is really bad. And then today is today. Thursday is the second day in a row where Corona cases have broken a hundred thousand today, we reached 120,000. Mm. So with this kind of shit happening, we need a unicorn chaser. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. And emphatically, yes. Mm-hmm. So what were the unicorn chasers that you watched? Oh, well, after Tuesday, Tuesday night, I stayed up very late and I watched the show called Bahamas Life. It's house hunters in the Bahamas <laughs> where people who, you know, who like me, because this is my dream to become a yoga instructor and artist so I can buy a $500,000 townhouse on the beach in the Bahamas because that's, you know, feasible, right? Yeah. Right? Sure or is. The couple, they flip houses, so it makes more sense that they would have a budget of $500,000. And they chose the $450,000 house up on a cliff that overlooks the ocean. And somehow they managed to get it for $250,000. I want to be magical like these people on Bahamas Life so I could live on the beach. Do they show you the surrounding areas, like what the Bahamas are really like, or just well, that beach on, life? It depends on what island you're you're going to. They show, you know, the city downtown. They show, you know, all these fancy houses and where a lot of um, expats might live in little communities like that. But, I mean, of course they're not going to show you the, you know bad parts of town because then why would you want to watch this show that's all about bahamas life and living on the beach and buying this fabulous gorgeous house that comes with furniture and everything this was no my shit. unicorn chaser man don't ruin my my unicorn <laughs> chaser okay god so sorry i was just asking a question but yeah Jesus. a lot of these places come with the furniture because they're you're on an island so getting your own furniture shift oh yeah it's gonna cost you an ass load because you I can't guess. in a truck and drive it over there yeah so what what's fascinating to me wait they got this house for what 275 you said two hundred fifty thousand dollars 250 this really big house that it needed a little bit of work it has this gorgeous porch around the outside of it like all the way around and it's like up on a cliff and when you're laying in bed all you see is the ocean horizon oh my god and yet this bitch on windy city rehab oh, rehabs one million three houses yeah and she guts them completely rips out all the absolutely gorgeous like uh, historic woodwork to make these antiseptic drywall because she takes out the fucking plaster walls she makes it the shit ass drywall and paints it all like white or gray or eggshell black who wants to and live gold. there who wants but, to live in that but my point is you go a million three and you have shit for parking. You have a oh, postage yeah. stamp for a backyard. If you're lucky, maybe you might actually get a garage, but I doubt it. And you actually have to have a two story so that you can have your living room and kitchen on the first floor. And then your upstairs is your bedroom, your bedrooms uh, and, you know, your master bath and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas what you're telling me is for a fraction of that for $500,000 you could have a townhouse on the beach with your own pool and it's got uh 
an attic kind of area. Like a, the very upstairs was a big open lofted. You could turn that into a master bedroom, but there was no ensuite. But she was talking about, well, I could add an ensuite. And then the main floor had, or yeah, the second floor had an, a, the official master bedroom with a kind of smallish master bath, but whatever. You're living in the fucking Bahamas, man. Who cares? You're not going to live in your bathroom. And then the main floor had this, it was huge. It had this huge living room, a big kitchen, a dining room, completely separate from off of the kitchen. It was gorgeous. And she had a bit of a backyard. Or she had a, no, she didn't. That place didn't have the backyard. That place had a like a a balcony kind of deck area that looked out at the ocean. Oh. It looked out at the fucking ocean. She could sit there in her chair and listen to the ocean for five hundred thousand dollars. See, the only problem with that is that the friends aren't there. For her, her friend is there. Okay. That, that she's got a whole backstory. They always have a big backstory. There always is a backstory. But anyway, woman, that does sound like yeah, a, an this particular woman has, has friends already in the Bahamas. Oh, man. That's why she was moving there. All right. that I give you that completely. That is a unicorn. That is my unicorn chaser when I need it, man. I'm looking Ooh. for shows where I could live in the Caribbean. I, I did not do unicorn chasers like that because <laughs> I, well, and, and I, I, okay. Yeah. Now you got me all feeling like palm tree and, and mm -hmm. like, like, like pina colada or whatever yeah. they drink in the Bahamas. I want to sit down and just eat mangoes all day. So, but my unicorns, my unicorn chasers are just movies that make me feel good, that take me to a more innocent time. That's also a unicorn chasers, things that make you feel good and make you forget the rest of this shit that's happening in the world. So I have a whole list of those. I but, have a short list as well. But I, but I have to start out with the, the sort of mediocre first. Oh, perfectly. Yes. We, we have so to. We have the mass singer. Oh God, no! God, <laughs> why do you sneak up on me like that? Because it's funny. It's like a jump scare without the actual. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> oh might as well it. do the messing messing yeah. yeah. All right. And in deference to all the people who say I say the same thing every time you bring up the mass <laughs> singer. And you're not the only one, by the way. Well, of course I'm <laughs> who not. Said, who said, oh, you always call it the same thing. Well, shit is shit. Oh. But okay. Yeah. But I will give you this, though. Especially given what's going on in the country right now, it is mindless, stupid distraction. Exactly. It's mindless, stupid, silly fun. Yes. So I, yes, I did watch this most recent episode based on your review of a few episodes ago. I was just, you didn't sound too enthused about this season. I, you of know, I, it's, it's this group and I'm not really thrilled about the earlier ones was like, those were really more interesting. This is, I think this is getting like maybe some B list kind of people that I don't know who the, no, you know, I don't know who the fuck they are and they're just not that great. Well, I I tuned in to see who would be unmasked and spoiler alert 54321 
It's Bob Saget. Yep, he was the squiggly monster. And I just didn't care. But like you said, it is not about what I care about. Mm -hmm. It is the fact that it is a distracting thing. And, you know, it's fairly entertaining. Like when this, this group first started Mushroom, you know, with that high squeaky voice, you can't really tell man, woman, or whatever. You're kind of basing it on the look of the costume and maybe who, like, how they're shaped within it, whether it's a big wide costume or a skinny little costume. The mushroom, everybody, including the judges, we all thought that was a, a woman until they started singing. And then we're like, that's not a woman singing. What? So the theories are all over the place of who the mushroom is. You're being a dick. Just stop. <laughs> well, no. And I watched the mushroom. The mushroom sang on this episode. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, uh, yes. I am having a difficult time figuring out who these people are because I've, I've quite literally stopped paying attention to the clue packages. There's so much to digest in those. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you don't know what to pay attention to. Yeah. And, and if you listen to uh, um, Robin Thicke and if you listen to Nicole Scherzinger and you listen to the breasts of what's her name, then you, well, <laughs> the girls were out again. I know, I don't they know. always are. They are always on display. Uh, Jenny McCarthy. Oh, gosh. Yes. I respect you wholeheartedly. Please do not ever get me wrong in that. But damn, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, but according to all of those, every single thing you see in those clue packages is a clue. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. Well, the and first, the first episode was riddled with Hamilton, like references. And there's a lot of Broadway kind of references mm -hmm. in it. So I, you know, I was tossing around. Hamilton actors, but I feel like this group wouldn't have anybody quite that well known. But also, part of me is wondering, you know, in Billy Porter, maybe. But I, you know, I feel like that's just too big of a name for this particular group of of uh, singers. Chaka, Chaka Khan. I don't. Was she? In the, but no, were they in the in the third group though? Where all the you know where the YouTubers and shit were. Because I feel I like don't. this is that group B YouTuber kind of people. The less the who the fuck is that after their mask type people. I I without giving it way too much thought. <laughs> if I were planning this show, I would put one ringer in every group. Okay. Okay. Just because if you're only putting C list YouTubers, nobody would give a shit. About it. Nobody would give a shit. Okay. So I would put one ringer in there so that you're like, oh, damn, who the hell is that? Yeah. Just to keep you watching. Fair. That's fair. So it, maybe Billy Porter. I don't know. Maybe Billy Porter's got better things to do. But this was all filmed during the whole lockdown parts of COVID. Where nobody had shit to do. Where nobody had shit to do. Nobody could really go anywhere. And honestly, Bob Saget said himself, this this whole thing is why he did it because all the just, shit that's going on, you know, he wants to entertain people and have some fun and, and kudos to that. Yeah. And yeah. kudos to that. So mass singer, yeah, 
I don't know. So there you All go. Right. Moving on. All right. So the mediocre thing that I think we both watched. Yes. Sarah Cooper's Everything's Fine. Yeah. Yeah. On on Netflix. It's a it's a sketch comedy movie as opposed to Black Lady Sketch Show or other sketch shows that are individual 20 minute or so episodes. Mm-hmm. This one is just a 49 minute straight movie that has little sketches in it. Yeah. And it's all her doing her her shtick. Sarah Cooper is the one that you've probably seen in viral videos around the internet where she's, you know, essentially lip syncing to Trump speeches. Which she does here a lot. That because that's her shtick. She's do this whole thing is her doing her shtick. And the premise of this show is she is the host of a morning talk show breakfast sort of thing like Good Morning America, but the show is called Everything's Fine. Mm-hmm. And you see what kind of hell is actually going on. Yeah. <laughs> literally and figuratively in this show. But I I honestly fell asleep. Ooh. And I and I didn't mean to. I was wide awake when I started this. Hmm. But I I just started getting bored. Yeah, it it at first you're like, okay, I can get behind this, and then it gets kind of well, if you've seen her do this once, I don't need an entire movie of it. And she's got these random like stars are in it. Like um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg did some stuff in it. And I've already forgotten the other people. The guy from uh, Portlandia. Yes. Fred Armisen. There's his name. Yes. He's actually one of the funnier things in it because throughout the entire episode, he's adding more protective layers as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Because this also takes place in the time of COVID. So he starts out with a simple mask. And by the end of it, he's actually in a full body suit, triple gloved, two face protectors on the the bungee things that you can put on yourself to make sure that people stay six feet away from you. Yeah. That's mildly amusing. Mm Mm-hmm. But John Hamm is also in it. Yeah, yeah, John. And Hamm. he plays a parody of the My Pillow guy who Trump consulted and and all that. Maya Rudolph is the weather person in it. Which that was kind of amusing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marissa Tomei is the devil. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's if you enjoy, I, I, I guess if you enjoy you know almost an hour of the of the same shtick great yeah but i think this would have been better if this were broken up into four 15 minute episodes yes yeah otherwise it it felt really rather forced to me like they were trying too hard i agree like they're trying so hard to push her to be such a big personality where maybe they should have just relaxed that a bit so this show, meh. Yeah, meh. And I was looking for that unicorn chaser. I was looking for something funny. Hmm. And it, I recognized the fact that it was trying to be funny. Yeah. And I just think that I could have done better things with 49 minutes. You know, there are so many better things out there that you could have been doing. So tell me one of the better things that you watched. 
What was another one of your unicorn chasers? So the other thing I found, or one of the many other things I found, was a documentary about a K-pop girl group. And the group is called Blackpink. The documentary is called Blackpink Light Up the Sky. It's on Netflix. I've never heard of this this group before. I don't really follow K-pop at all. You're not 12. <laughs> but this was really pretty cool. And, you know, their songs are pretty good. And they did something with uh, Lady Gaga. What? I had no idea. Korean shit is, is on point. But, you know... We have said it before on this show. Korean stuff is on point. Yeah, and you know, the the whole thing is mostly it's mostly in English. Um, there's a f few bits that where it's all in Korean and they've got it subtitled for you. But overall, this is a documentary for. I feel like this is a documentary for Americans to get behind the scenes of you know, K-pop groups. And there was one thing that was mentioned that, you know, it, that really hit me hit me pretty hard it was they were talking about how you know how is their music any any you know this particular group's music their sound any different than any other pop group why must they be qualified as k-pop off to the side because their shit's just as good as any other pop group out there well, to get into that would be to get into the difference between New Edition and New Kids on the Block. Both were both were boy bands. Mm -hmm, they were boy bands. Their sound wasn't that different. Their sound was not that different. As a matter of fact, there are songs like "Please Don't Go Kill." Oh yeah, which is actually my favorite New Kids on the Block. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say that. But yeah okay that sounds a lot like candy girl or mr telephone man from uh -huh. new edition it totes does yeah so why is it that one favors a black audience one favors a white audience and the only difference is one group is all black men and the other group is all white dudes so i think we just want to put people in a silo well, yeah, but I'm I'm talking more about the music itself. Like K-pop, all of the K-pop, it's called K-pop. It's not just called pop. It's not called top 40, which is the whole point here is they've labeled it K-pop as if that is completely different than regular pop music, which it's not. And that's what he was getting getting at when he brought that up in the documentary. I don't I don't think they did. Yeah. If I so, I mean, I that, would have to go the, back 40 years. Yeah, that's but, the point know. here is this, you know, Black Pink sounds just like every other pop group out there that you would find on, I don't know, whatever dance dance boom 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 station you've got. You know? <laughs> There's all There's those, new like, kids and their jazz yeah. and their rock and roll. I mean, yes. I would I would throw out a Chicago radio station that plays it, but I don't listen to the radio, so I don't even know who's playing this shit anymore. B96. It could be no B96, but I don't think they're B96 anymore. Are they? Is B96 B96 still? I think so. See, he doesn't even know. That is Dwight. His <laughs> podcast is coming soon. <laughs> so, you know, so that's and that's what I'm saying is they're they're the same genre of music. They're singing with friggin' Lady Gaga. 
So so K-pop isn't like a subgenre of anything because they're it's just pop. It's just popular top 40 music. Everybody around the globe is like gushing over these groups, the boy band groups, as well as Blackpink, the girl group. I mean, they show it in the documentary how popular they are, how they are on every friggin' morning show oh. in Chicago and Europe and Britain and everywhere. But that's just what something they brought up that made me start thinking, yeah, why is it considered because they're Korean? Because maybe all of the song isn't necessarily in English. Why does it have to be qualified as K-pop? Which I could get into as well with the K-dramas I watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right, so Blackpink. Blackpink, light up the sky. Blackpink, light up the sky on Netflix. Totally watch this. Sweet. I mean, whether you like this kind of music or not, you're going to like this group of girls. They are highly talented. Holy crap, are they talented. Although I do have to admit lately, even before I knew you watched that, I rediscovered Psy's Gangnam Style. Oh, and I love that song ever since it came out. <laughs> I, I love a lot of novelty songs. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I wasn't the biggest Macarena fan when that came out, but I could see the appeal of it because it just gnawed in your brain. Oh, yeah, and at parties, it's kind of, it was kind of fun, you know. And then there's I'm Too Sexy by oh, Right Said Fred. I and, really like that one. That one was really Yeah, fun. right? It's it, a they're, fun they're, song. They're catchy songs yeah. in Gangnam Style. That sounds really good when you pump it up and you have your bass on and yeah. and and all of that. So guilty pleasures aside, I guess that's how I started getting into K-pop. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, I I haven't really gotten into it, but this group might pull me in. Maybe. Yeah. So what other what other unicorn chasers did you watch? So the one that I'm currently watching in the middle of it's called record of youth and this one is not dubbed into english it is all in korean with subtitles it stars uh a, the girl from parasite well yeah she's the girl from parasite she's in it and this one's about um some a group of friends three guys they've been friends since they were little kids and they've all become they've become models and trying to become actors now. And the one is, is from a very rich family that lives in that gang of new neighborhood. Mm. And the other one grew up in that, in Gannon, that same town neighborhood, except he was kind of from the wrong side of the tracks where his family didn't have any money. And then the third guy also not, you know, not particularly rich. He becomes a photographer instead of a model. And they meet a, a girl who's uh, be, who she's quit her office job to live her dream as a makeup artist. So she's like a makeup artist in training in a salon and they all meet and she's a big fan of the one guy. And in Korea, they, they're, they have to enlist in the army. And I don't know the details, but he keeps talking about if I can't, if I don't get this part, if I don't get this show, if I don't get this thing, I'm just going to join the military. I'm going to enlist in the military because that's like their duty. They have to do that. Okay. And, you know, it's just sort of competition between friends where they're comparing each other. Like, you're so much, you know, you're getting all the stuff and I'm still struggling down here. And there's drama between the managers and oh, all kinds of things. And then there's oh. some big star who's like totally a dick. And 
it's really, really entertaining. I'm really enjoying this. this is, it's, it's a soap opera. It's totally a soap opera, but I really like it. It's called Record of Youth. It's got those beautiful people. And when I first put it on, because the, the title was, I, I couldn't remember the actual name of it in English. And the title card on the screen is all Korean. Dwight's like, what are you watching? And I'm like, beautiful Koreans. Uh, okay. And then the theme song starts up. I'm like, beautiful Koreans being young and beautiful. And I made up a whole theme song. And he's, he's I don't know if he was believing me or like thinking I was full of shit. Because you know, <laughs> I was just going with it. <laughs> he's laughing now. But you know, so now every time it comes on, I'm re rewriting the beautiful Korean young, doing young Korean things theme song because I don't know the words I made up the first time around. <laughs> and that is Record of Youth on Netflix. Okay, so soap opera. Yeah, and that one's really I, this other one I talked about before, but it's it's also kind of soap opera y, but it's. It's romance. It's not as romancy as the record of youth is. It's a little more dramatic, a little, it's got more beef in the story. It's called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Okay. This guy who is a, like a healthcare worker, he's helping um, kind of senior citizens and work. He's been traveling around a bunch of different hospitals, you know. He keeps changing jobs, running away from things. And his brother, who's autistic, he's caring for his, his brother. And his brother is this huge fan of this children's writer who's a girl. And she's kind of a bitch and kind of psycho. And uh, the, as the story unfolds, you find out they've got a huge history from childhood and it's just, I don't want to explain too much of it because you just need to watch it, but it's really good. And the relate, the, just the whole relationships with each other and the acting is really, really well done. Like, like, oh, you were just killing me with some of what, some of what was going on in this. And I'm like, oh, and Dwight's like, are you crying? I'm like, yes, I'm crying. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it was so good. And I'm really sad that that one ended, that I'm done with it, you know? Because I really liked it. It's okay to not be okay. It will make you forget everything going on around you. You will just be sucked in. Nice. So, what I've got, the first couple of things, I did all comedies. Mm-hmm. My default is always, well, first of all, my default is always first and foremost to anything Star Wars. So I immediately eliminated that. Well, I had to eliminate Battlestar Galactica because, yes, I was still kind of going that way a little bit. Yeah. So I just went straight comedy. Cool. Now, if I did it based on year, which I think would be fun, mm -hmm. the first comedy that I have airplane okay and robert hayes it, it it is a movie that is so deadpan <laughs> and so hilarious that the first time i watched it i i had to catch my breath i was laughing so hard awesome 
And I'm sure that a lot of the humor is dated at this point. So a lot of why I still find it amusing is my remembering how I laughed at something the first time. But if you are looking for a, a just bare ass comedy that takes itself seriously, it's, it's hilarious. Airplane from 1980. The next one that I have, the next two that I have are from 1982. Actually, three of them. 82 was a very good year. Victor Victoria. Oh, yes. With Julie Andrews, the late James Garner, and the late Robert Preston. That is a movie about a woman pretending to be a man who pretends to be a woman. And it is hysterical. It is beautifully shot. It is just a great comedy that features the former singing voice, unfortunately, of Julie Andrews. And if you're looking for just really funny shit to watch, that's great. And then there's Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Mm. which I love. I will put that on in a heartbeat because I consider that one of those teen movies that's essential viewing, kind of like The Breakfast Club and 16 Candles as racist as that is and yeah, yeah. And all that. So Fast Times at Ridgemont High and then the last one from 82, my favorite probably my favorite comedy of all time, Tootsie. Oh, nice. Uh, starring Dustin Hoffman and Oscar winner Jessica Lange. She won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for that movie. Really? I don't think she sure did. did. She sure did. Did he win anything for that one? Would say that again? Did he, Dustin Hoffman, win anything for that one? No, he won Best Actor for Rain Man. Rain Man. And he also, I believe, won the Oscar for Kramer versus Kramer. I bet that's correct. So, but he was nominated for Tootsie. Okay, yes. so he was nominated. I felt like that had more Oscar-y than just her. Oh, yeah, that was nominated all over the place yeah, that year. Yeah, it was okay. nominated for Best Picture, blah, blah, blah. All right. So the next one that I have on my list is called Crash Landing on You. All you know, All of these are on Netflix. All my stuff is Netflix. And uh, this one is about a, a girl from a very rich South Korean family. She is in line to become the next CEO of the company. And she's testing out some new product that this company's putting that her, their company is putting out. And she gets on like a hang glider off of the cliffs and a giant tornado comes out of nowhere and she ends up crashing into the trees in North Korea. Like you do. Like you do. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> and of course, you know, the Korean military finds her, the North Korean military finds her and she's this spoiled, spoiled girl who's never had a hard thing to do ever in her entire life. Mm. And uh, yeah, it it 
it's a romance because, you know, one of the soldiers, you know, it's that I hate you, I hate you. Oh, wait, I need you. Oh, you're melting my heart kind of a romancy thing. Which all the romance novels do that, and this is exactly what this is. And, you know, I started up, it was, it was, you know, one of those things that it's like watching kind of a train wreck where you know this is just ridiculously stupid, but sure. you can't turn away. And, you know, you forget all the shit going on around you while you're watching it. I haven't finished it. I got distracted. I, I don't know. I turned it off because I was falling asleep or something. But, yeah, that's one I will eventually get back to. Oh, good. Crash okay. landing on you. And the next one on my list is called The School Nurse Files. I've mentioned this one before. This one is based off of a, a comic book. So it's not, you know, quite the romancy drama where the school nurse has these secret powers to see these creaturey things from, I don't know, demon world or other dimensiony stuff. And Ooh. she's got, it's kind of, it's a little bit comic and silly as well. Cause you know, her weapons are this plastic light up sword, um, wrapping her fingers in some sort of herbal thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's a little cuckoo wagon, sounds, and it's yeah. silly and she, you know she's a school nurse so she's in the high school and uh the first episode there the big bad is something that uh, it somehow it turns all the students into like those um like to lemmings that they're all climbing up onto the roof of the school to then dive into the mouth of this giant monster that comes up through the ground uh, it's crazy it's it's really funny and amusing and it's it's a lot it was really a lot of fun the school nurse files it was a lot of fun to watch oh that's good and there it, you go kind of in that buffy vein but a little more comic than buffy buffy started to take itself a little seriously for a while there i think that actual mind control thing was done on torchwood too um maybe yeah maybe I think in one of their later seasons where the entire season was one story. Was that I like don't know the if it was show the one that was on like Showtime or Stars or something? Was it yes. that movie? Okay. Well, they did two movies. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember I'm trying to get the pieces of those two parts. But you know, there... Torchwood, if you could find Torchwood, that would be pretty uh... damn fine, Unicorn Jason. Except for one episode, I would rewatch it in a heartbeat. Oh, oh, there's one episode you wouldn't watch. Yes. So out of all those episodes, that means it's a pretty damn good show. Yes. <laughs> and the only reason I would not watch that episode is because it touches my heart too much and deals oh, with animal cruelty. Okay. And the mm -hmm. episode is called Meat. Okay. And everybody is brainwashed to work in this factory harvesting this meat that they're all selling and all that. And it turns out that it is the body of this alien creature that they, that they keep hacking up and the thing is still alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, I mean, you're not, you're taking away the unicorns, man. I'm not trying to take away the unicorns. I'm just trying to describe why I wouldn't watch the shit anymore. Hop over to uh, another good <laughs> romancy one. That's called love alarm. Okay. This one, it's an app that you get on your phone 
that tells you who your match is within your a certain radius. And everybody's yeah. downloading this app and everybody's loading up and talking about whose love alarm is going off because this is the person you really love or who really loves you. And the one girl's like, nobody, you know, I'm not finding my love. My love alarm never goes off. So wait, so when you're in proximity of this yes, person, when you're in proximity, yes. ah. there's a certain radius of proximity that you have to get into. And there's, you know, one girl like who won't install the app and two guys are totally into her. And it's really, and you both have to have the app in order for the alarms to go off. And oh my goodness. <laughs> just so much going on in this one, but it was, it's a lot of fun. And this one is also surrounding a bunch of school kids. Okay. Love alarm. That, was that sounds cute. cute. It is. It's cute. Cause you know, you just killed, you killed the, the unicorn man. With your I didn't kill talking about the, the Torchwood episode. My God. And you know what? You can edit that out. No, it's kind of fun to keep it in. No. Why? So you could yell at me and and say that I'm killing the unicorn? Yeah, because that was kind of funny. Oh, my. Okay, whatever. Um, You want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. So the next movies that I have are from 1983. A Christmas Story. Oh, that's a fun one. You talk about a movie that takes me out of my reality for an hour and a half or however long it is. There's a reason why TBS plays that constantly, mm -hmm. beginning on Christmas Eve, going through all of Christmas Day. Because it is, as to me, just to me, it it is the holiday. I cannot take a holiday without watching a Christmas story. And I cannot wait for Thanksgiving because that is the day that I begin watching a Christmas story. All day, every day until Christmas? Not all day, oh. every day, but, but even though a lot of people are putting up Christmas early this year, and, and they're doing it just to, f to feel the warm fuzzies because everybody is fucking tired of 2020 already. So over this shit, man. Yeah. So over this shit. But people are putting up a lot of Christmas early, so I'm tempted. But to me, Christmas happens Thanksgiving. I'm with you. When you get through the Thanksgiving fan festivities, then... It's all Christmas all the time, Christmas music, the whole bit. But that's when I can officially watch A Christmas Story. Okay. Nice. Now, also from 1983 is another Christmas movie that people don't really talk about, Trading Places. Mm. Starring Eddie Murphy and I've Dan Aykroyd. I have seen that one all the way through. Or it, at all. And shout out to Philadelphia. It takes place in part in Philadelphia. What? Yeah. Huh. So that to me, when I was 12, first of all, I shouldn't have been seeing fucking movies <laughs> like that when I was 12. But then again, I saw 48 Hours, which was his first movie from 1982 when I was 11. So there you go. Hmm. Uh, I love my mom. She, she let me watch everything. Um, but Trading Places was his first more polished movie. Okay. And I think he was just feeling better and more comfortable about being in front of the camera and all that stuff. And I think it's hilarious. 
And then from 1984, Eddie Murphy again and Beverly Hills Cop. Ooh. It's just just a stupid movie. And it's fun and it's funny. And it's also got a little bit of Beverly Hills in it. It's your typical fish out of water Mm -hmm. story. But with Eddie Murphy as the star. Okay. So that takes us up to 1984. And I've got four after that. So why don't you go ahead? So uh, on the little more dramatic end, Kingdom Mm. is a really good one. That's the historical zombie drama. You talked about Mm -hmm. that show before. It's, It's, you know, historical Korea with, you know, kings and stuff, obviously, kingdom. And there's a zombie outbreak. And it, it's really good. It's a it's a series, so there's a bunch of episodes. Um, they, there are several seasons on Netflix. And it is absolutely worth watching. Even if you're, like, you know, burned out on zombies, this is totally, totally different and really good. After Train to Busan, I would go back to Korea and do their zombie shit all the time. You, sh- you should check out Kingdom. It is really good. I will do that. And then uh, right. it, it back to the romancy fun stuff. There's one mm. called My Hollow Love. This one's really, the premise of this one is a girl finds these glasses that when she puts them on, she sees this hologram who is supposed to be, it's, it's like a, a personal assistant app that you see with these special glasses on that's in development. Like these glasses were lost by the guy who's building it. And this AI personal assistant, you know, she puts on the glasses, he appears and she's talking to him and he's helping her with stuff. Like he could look up shit on the internet for her and just bam, tell her things. And she's really kind of mousy quiet and doesn't talk to people and really shy. And he helps bring her out of her shell and get more, you know, uh, social and outgoing a little bit. And then she discovers that the that the creator, like the hologram, looks exactly mm-hmm. like the creator guy. Yeah. What? And but she's kind of falling in love with the AI because he's so personable and nice to her and tells her nice things. And the AI yeah. is slowly learning, and he starts falling in love with her too. What? What? My love. Yeah. It's. Maybe he should get that damn app and then get the. I'm sorry. Yeah, get the, <laughs> That's the love movement. alarm app. Oh. A love alarm. Wah, and wah, of course, wah. the creator guys start, you know, meets her. And at first, they hate each other because they always hate each other. But then they start to fall in love with each other. Mm. As you do to all the people As you hate. As you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, My Hollow Love, also on Netflix. And then Mystic Pop-Up Bar is a really good one. This is, yeah, I mentioned this one on the show before. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, when okay. I got, totally got sucked in. So this, um, there's uh, two people. They run this up in Korea. There are these pop-up restaurant bars that open up late at night. They're just in a tent on the street. And this, this, these two people, they, they pop up their bar, their mystical bar, and essentially they're both in the afterlife doing their time back on Earth for whatever karmic reason. 
And the girl, she or the woman, she has the ability to uh, get into your dreams and help you solve problems, um, uh, work through a grudge to, to relieve that kind of grudge and that kind of thing when you're, and these are all people who their, their spirit comes into the pop-up bar and she does this to help them to alleviate this grudge so they can move on to the afterlife and not be a trapped spirit on earth. And she has a certain sounds- number of people she has to help in order for her to, you know, get past, you know, make uh, retribution for her grudge that she created long ago. That sounds actually kind of it pleasant. Is. It's kind of, you know, the, the, when you first turn it on, the, the opening is really a downer and you're like, what am I watching? Because all the artwork I was seeing looked so peppy and nice. But they had to get that premise down so you know, you know, who these people are and why they are doing kind of what they're doing. But once you get to that, it's modern day and it's really kind of cool with flashbacks to their past life and, you know, how everybody was connected and whatnot. And it's really cool. It was, it's, that's a really good one. Mystic pop-up bar. And you said again, that's on Netflix. Everything you watch. Everything except for Bahamas Life is on Netflix. I honestly don't know what channel Bahamas Life was on. It's one of those HG House Hunter channels. Okay. Uh, The last one on my list is called Extracurricular. And I have also mentioned this one on the show in the past. This one is, again, a bunch of teenage kids in high school. And the one kid, he's... He's kind of estranged from his father. His mom walked out on them long ago. And he is getting by because he's abandoned his drunk-ass gambler dad. And he's living on his own, going to high school so he could get his degree, so he could get, you know, do better and move further. Because his big goal is to have a family because he didn't have that growing up. Mm-hmm. So his, his little job making himself a lot of money is essentially he's a pimp. <laughs> and he's making gobs of money. But he's kind of hidden. He's like, he's got this muscle man doing, you know, taking the girls to their gigs and collecting the money from people Mm -hmm. and uh, helping the girls get paid. And that guy also is their security. So if any of these Johns are doing anything untoward to the girls to keep them safe, he will come in and rip their head off, essentially. So meanwhile, our teenage guy, he's just like a disguised voice on the phone or a text message over the phone. Okay. But he's got all the stuff and he's going on. And then, you know, he realizes one of the girls in his class is one of his girls. And he's been fooling himself into thinking, you know, he's just, you know, a middleman sending people on their way. He's not doing anything wrong by being a pimp. He's not really a pimp. He just, you know, is an appointment maker. He just makes the appointments. And, you know, he learns really the hard way that he's not just an appointment maker. He He's like the running a business of a whorehouse without the actual house. 
Wow. Yeah. And then lots of bad stuff starts happening as all these secrets come out and oh my goodness and oh, oh. yeah. But it's it's kind of cool. I I really enjoyed it. It was very dramatic and yes, it will pull you out of everything that's going on and make you forget about the world for a while. Uh, wow. But you might need a separate unicorn from that one. You might need a unicorn for your unicorn. Talk yeah. about a drag, yeah. man. Yeah. I just, I really liked it. It was really good. And that's the end of my so, list. So how do I follow pimps up? You know what I do? I go to Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, nice. <laughs> 1985 is the year. Two great comedies came out that year. Back to the Future, which was the mega hit, and a little movie called Real Genius. What? So Back to the Future, uh, the original one, the, the best mm -hmm. one. Even though a really guilty pleasure of mine is Back to the Future Part 2. Hmm. I really dig that movie. Back to the Future 3 is my least favorite, but it's still really watchable to me. As a matter of fact, I just watched it yesterday. What I liked is when he goes to the future, like mm. the actual future from there, he mm. lands on my birthday. Really? Yeah. That's cute. Yeah, and when everybody was passing around the, today's the future day meme, and people kept changing the date, and I'm like, that's you've changed it to fit today because I know that it's not today. It was my birthday. And then Real Genius is another one. It is a fun movie. And it's it's silly fun, but very typically 80s. I haven't seen that one. Oh my god, Real Genius. It's I don't know how you would think of it now. But if you were a fan of early Val Kilmer and dug some, you know, like early college shenanigans. Val Kilmer was in that? Val Kilmer. Wow. Yeah. One year before the Top Guns. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So the last two movies that I have from the year 2000. The year 2000. Okay. Oh, my God. That was very dramatic. <laughs> Miss Congeniality. Oh, I love that movie. The first one is amazing. That's the one that I had on DVD with the uh, audio commentary by with Sandra Bullock. And she would say, oh, there's Handsome Ben. Ah, well, the second one sucks. Well, don't watch it then. Well, no, because <laughs> they were running a marathon the day that I remembered oh, these movies. Okay. And so I was like, ooh, this is good. I'll just watch one, and then I'll just go right into two. And I forgot how abysmal two yeah, is. not that good. Because they take this very sort of down-to-earth character, and they, they have her do a 90-degree turn into this really snobbish, stuck-up bitch. Oh. And she needs reminding that she's not all that. Hmm. And so she becomes this very unlikable character in part two. Oh, that's terrible. You're rooting for her, but she's just this bitch. But in but in Miss Congeniality, where she's the heart of this picture, and there's, you know, handsome Ben <laughs> and and all of that, it's that's just a really cute movie. Oh, okay. 
And the last unicorn chaser that I have is the 2001 Reese Witherspoon movie, Legally Blonde. Oh, that is a fun one. Again, part one or part one is great. Part two, bleh. Hmm. And and there is a part three coming in 2022. Hmm. I don't know that I need that. Um, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I need that in my life. But you know something? I mean, I, I just don't know how they're going to do it because part of it is that Reese Witherspoon was going to college in this movie and the whole premise was her getting into Harvard and now it's 20 years later, I guess she's going to be a successful lawyer. And, but I don't know how that cute rich girl innocence translates to 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Unless she's got a 20 year old daughter. Maybe. Or even an 18 year old daughter for that matter. No. Well, I don't know, but Miss Congeniality. And Legally Blonde. And le or and Legally Blonde, I'm That's sorry. Me. And Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. That's what I've got for my unicorns. There are there are tons more. Oh my god. Yeah. And and I guess basically based on your definition of it, it's whatever movie makes you happy. Yeah. Whatever cleans your brain from that horrible sight. Yes, whatever that horrible site is, whether it's the election coverage or, you know, things going on, just you, you want to take a two hour break from something. Yeah. Whatever you turn to is your unicorn chaser. Yeah, just like when you do a shot and you need a chaser after it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Whatever chaser mm -hmm. helps you with your shot. And that's all we got this that's, week. Well, that's it. That's, that's it. the whole episode, man. Yup. So, thank you all for listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess normally, like normal length watch list well, with Patty and Bill. We'll see if you know what I thank, cut out. Yeah, based. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the watch list with Patty and Bill. Make sure you uh, check out all of our back episodes by going to the watchlistpod.com. Engage with us on your social media at the watchlist pod. Let us know what your unicorn chaser is. I would be really, really, really interested to know because every movie is someone's favorite movie. Every TV show is someone's favorite TV show. Let us know what you dig. And then also make sure you subscribe to us wherever you pick up and listen to your podcasts. And tell Alexa you want to listen to us as well. And rate us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, because we're awesome and I'm kind of beggy right now. Yeah. But yes. All right. right. All right, everybody. Get through the weekend. Remember to breathe and... Wherever you are, try to have as good a weekend as possible. And trust that we will be back guiding you through all the entertainment stuffs. Mask up, stay safe. Mask up, stay safe. And we will talk to you soon. Okay, okay bye. Okay, bye.